Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network, presented as always by BetMGM. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday, reacting to Week 10 in the NFL. Looking forward to Week 11 and a Monday night football game tonight to wrap up Week number 10. Let's go to the guest line here. We're joined by Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest line, the Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Brad, let's start with the game of the year, as it's being called, and for good reason. The Vikings and the Bills yesterday. What was the bigger takeaway from you? Was it the Vikings winning that kind of game, their comeback, Jefferson, Cousins, or was it the Bills struggling, right, in these close games? And Josh Allen yesterday, you know, just, I mean, giving the game away. What, what hit you more yesterday, the way the Bills lost that game or the way the Vikings came back to take the game? I think you learned more about the Bills. Um, you know, I think they should have honestly won, maybe even covered this football game. They were up the, the majority of the game. They were the better football team through three quarters or maybe through the first half. I know they haven't scored a touchdown in the second half since uh, week six against Kansas City now, so they are not closing out football games. Josh Allen leads the NFL in interceptions now, has four in the red zone in the last three weeks on some very poor decisions. But, you know, Stephon Diggs also now no one's talking about it, had an awesome one-handed catch as well over the middle. Um, I still think, as we, I think I've talked about before, they need to add more talent at wide receiver, maybe make a bigger push for an Odell Beckham Jr. But Minnesota keeps winning these games. And, you know, sometimes there are teams that are doing things correctly to win these close one-score games. But that one was also just, I mean, a miracle with uh, the fumble in the end zone and, and everything that broke their way in that game. <laughs> it really did. But, Brad, I think there's so much disrespect for this Vikings. Vikings, you can find Cowboys two-point favorites in Minnesota this week. I'm like, what? Did nobody see Dak Prescott throw those two brutal interceptions? What has been your assessment of this Cowboys team? Because on the other side, I think for the Cowboys, there's still a lot of hype and maybe too much love. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, so, you know, I did see this morning that Christian Dara saw the left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings who left the game against Buffalo, who has a great pass rush, and he missed, you know, the majority of the game, so they held up fine without him, but that's a massive loss, right? I mean, you're going against this Dallas Cowboys defensive line that gave Aaron Rodgers trouble yesterday that gives everyone trouble, um, and, and you might not have your, your blue-chip left tackle who's been – he's actually our second-highest-graded tackle in the entire NFL this year, so he's been really, really good um, – but, yeah, I mean, the disrespect for Minnesota, it's just, I mean, Kirk had a couple of his own awful interceptions in that game as well. Um, with Dak Prescott, yeah, he doesn't look totally there. Um, I don't know if it's injury-related or what, but I did see uh, Michael Irvin and a couple other people were blaming CeeDee Lamb for the second interception over the middle, saying he should have cut off his route and broke it inward based on the coverage where the safety was aligned. But the first one in the end zone was just – it did not look good um, for Dak. So – yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think if they win that game in overtime, maybe we're having a different conversation uh, about Dallas. I still think they're probably the second-best team in the NFC behind the Eagles, but they got to show it, right? they got to win one of these bigger games against a quality opponent. We haven't seen that in a while. Brad, if you were had an MVP ranking right now, how would you do with top three? Would Josh Allen be out? Is it time to put Tua in? Not, you know, Mahomes right now probably number one, I would think. Jalen Hurts is somewhere in this mix. He plays tonight. We'll get to that game. Would Allen be out? And, and is it time to put Tua in? I mean, his odds, it's crazy. But three or four weeks ago, we brought it up. It was like 80 to 1. And he's at the top of all these passing categories. Well, now everyone's caught up. He continues to play well. He's plus 550, depending on where you look this morning. Would you put Tua in that top three now? 
I would. I would. The Miami Dolphins did not punt yesterday, and they punted two times in the last three weeks. I mean, I think the interesting thing that's going to work against him, I think you, we've also had this conversation before, is Mike McDaniel should be coach of the year. I mean, I mean look, I get Tua is playing phenomenal football. He is. He's silencing a lot of doubters, myself included. He is making really nice throws, avoiding pressure, making, you know, some, some cross-field throws. So throwing, you know, showing off that he has enough arm strength at least to throw to the boundary on a speed out to the opposite side of the field, stuff like that, that really does matter when it comes down to these games where you need to throw to win. Um, like you said, he's leading all these categories. He's our highest-graded quarterback. So I would have Mahomes first, probably two a second, maybe Jalen Hurts third. But I think betters are going to go back to you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. You have Mike McDaniel, who is, you know, I think should be coach of the year at this point, just scheming things, scheming everyone open, brings in Jeff Wilson, and he's already, you know, running roughshod right after the trade deadline. Like, he just knows how to put players in positions to succeed, and I think voters might hold that against Tua a little bit. Uh, but Mahomes definitely number one right now. What about Aaron Rodgers? He was efficient, probably the best game we've seen from him all season. Do you think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can kind of turn things around and go on a run, possibly even make the playoffs? Or is it too late or you're just not a believer? Where are you at with that? I think they can make a run to make the playoffs, but I do think now the injuries are probably insurmountable to actually make a push. Rashawn Gary, I mean, it was our high, second highest graded uh, pressure percentage, second highest pressure percentage for us, ahead of guys like Michael Parsons, was getting home on the quarterback 20% of the time from a pressure standpoint. So you lose that. It's a massive loss, and I think we saw it with Dallas yesterday. They were able to move the ball fairly efficiently the entire game. They still, in Green Bay, cannot defend the run. So if a team gets a lead on them, I know Dallas had a two-touchdown lead, but oftentimes teams can kind of bleed those games out. And I think come playoff time, that will be an issue. But I think they could make it. I like them against Tennessee, laying two and a half points on Thursday. I'm still just not a Tennessee believer in any way, shape, or form. Their defense is great. I probably should give it more credit. They were missing Jeffrey Simmons and Amadi Hooker and Christian Fulton and a lot of important players yesterday. And still, outside of one coverage bust against Russell Wilson, basically the Broncos had zero relevant drives the entire game. Uh, they had six sacks for minus 39 yards despite all those missing players. So they're legit on defense, but I still just do not believe in this offense in Tennessee. I think Green Bay will, you know, get up to around 500, maybe win 10 games if they go on a miracle run, uh, you know, that, that Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. But come playoff time, I don't think they're going to make a lot of noise, you know, in January. We're talking Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus here on Week 10 in the NFL. We'll look forward to Monday Night Football. Brad, a loss for the Bears yesterday, but, man, the Justin Fields uh, you know, emergence just continues here. I mean, we're watching something special in terms of a running quarterback. Most rushing yards in a five-game span ever beat Lamar Jackson's um, record for 2019. He kind of reminds me of the best of Colin Kaepernick when he was doing what he did for the 49ers you know, about 10 years ago. How impressed are you with Fields and – does it worry at all that they can't close these games out, or is this kind of the best case for the Bears where they develop the quarterback, but they're still going to have a pretty high draft pick next season? Yeah, so you mentioned the 555 yards or whatever it is. It's also the most for us over the last five weeks of any player. So I know he's setting quarterback records. He also, you know, more than Derrick Henry, more than, you know, insert name here, he leads all players in rushing yards over the last five weeks, which is kind of crazy. But I think the big thing from yesterday was he also had a couple really nice throws. He did have an ugly pick six. By, you know, by Jeffrey Okuda for the Detroit Lions, but 
He was going through his progressions, found Darnell Mooney on his fourth read in one play and delivered a strike. He had a couple really nice throws, the touchdown to Komet, not the busted coverage. The first one, again, he rolled out to his right, kind of manipulated defenders a little bit with his eyes and put it over the top. He was doing things with his arm as well as with his legs. As for not closing games out, I mean, look, I don't think they're tanking. I think they do want to win all these football games, but when you trade Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith at the trade deadline and bring in offense, this is honestly the result that you're looking for is let's score 30 points and maybe lose some games um, and still pick really high, get this guy to the receiver, get him a tackle, get the defense, a defensive tackle or an edge rusher. I think this is kind of a best-case scenario for them right now. Monday Night Football, Commanders at the undefeated Eagles. The last time these two teams played the final, Eagles win it 24-8. to What are you expecting this time around? Commanders have since gone on, you know, they had that three-game win streak. You got Heineke at quarterback, a little bit different team. Um, any props, side, total, what are you interested in here? So we have we, – we refer to it at this point as a system play uh, is the Eagles' first half. They, they are the best team in football in the first half. From an EPA per play standpoint, it may have changed it for last week, but uh, they were basically first in both offense and defense in the first half. Um, just remarkably efficient, just blowing teams out of the, the gates and then kind of letting up in the second half, but it's because they were up by so much. Houston, their credit last Thursday, did play them pretty well early on in that game before Philly pulled away. But I also think it was important to see that from Philadelphia to really kind of close the door on a team in the second half. But nevertheless, um, first half today, should be minus seven, minus seven and a half, minus eight at this point. We did better earlier, but I, I still like it. Washington is a bottom five team in the NFL in offensive EPA per play in the first half. They're very bad on scripted plays. Mm. Taylor Heineke, he's fun. His fun comes in once the game is kind of, you know, we've got in the third quarter and he's playing some, you know, YOLO ball type of stuff. That's the Taylor Heineke experience. <laughs> he's not really on schedule early. So love that play. And the uh, prop I like is Antonio Gibson under three and a half receptions. They're going to get Jahan Dotson back in this game. I think Dotson and Samuel can work in the slot. Avante Maddox, the, the Eagles slot corner, is not playing in this game. Obviously, no one wants to throw at Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside. So I think those two guys get some work on the interior. Gibson maybe gets a couple, but they just don't use him enough, I think, to have you know four receptions in this game on top of some carries and all that. Brad, um, you know, we've seen Super Bowl hangovers before. We've seen teams go backwards after winning or losing a Super Bowl. I don't know if we've ever seen quite like the Rams. They are dead last in the NFL in yards per play. I know Stafford didn't play yesterday. We talked about the Packers, maybe a little resurgence here. The Bucks are back in first place in the South. Are the Rams dead? Is it over? They're three and six. They're in last place in their division. Is the Rams season over? Them. They are they are dead. They are totally over. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Cooper Cup is probably going to miss at least one game. Uh, they kind of said, hey, you avoided disaster or, you know, we avoided a season-ending injury. But, yeah, I mean, they are just – they don't have the talent. They're, they're not going to overcome this. It's, it, the division's obviously getting better. Seattle's no longer an easy game like we all thought it would be. San Francisco obviously beat them twice already and just kind of owns them. Arizona's never an easy game. They obviously lost to them yesterday. So, yeah. I think their season is effectively over. Stafford should come back, but without Cooper Cup, I mean, their offense, again, their offense is bottom five in the NFL in EPA per play um, with Stafford. I mean, it's just been the offensive line is so decimated with injury. They did get some guys back yesterday, but I just, yeah, I, I don't think they can overcome it. And it's, you know, it's showing that top-heavy approach and, and all those things they did. It's, it, it's hard to sustain. A lot of things broke their way last year. I'd be interested in the narrative 
if Jaquiski Tart catches that ball last year in the NSU championship game and they lose that game and then they're having this season, the entire narrative of go all in and F them picks and all that would be an entirely different discussion. Um, but luckily they did pull it off. <laughs> Looking ahead to next week, I know you mentioned a couple sides you kind of like already. Anything else jump out at you um, in terms of this week's board? Yes. So next week we, we talked about our guy Justin Fields and the Bears, but they're getting a full field goal in Atlanta, and I think that's just too many points. <clears throat> I think baked into that is Atlanta coming off the Thursday game. I also genuinely wonder if we do see Desmond Ritter. I know Arthur Smith, the head coach in Atlanta, kind of poured some cold water on that idea, but – Look, he's benched Marcus Mariota before in the past, and it worked out quite well for him uh, in Tennessee. So I think Mar Mariota just is not good enough a passer. He's missing guys left and right. Poor Kyle Pitts ran a half marathon, um, you know, to the tune of two catches uh, on Thursday night. And, and I think Ritter looks really good in the preseason. I think he's a, he is a legitimately good quarterback. He was obviously great at Cincinnati. So all that aside, though, the Bears are seventh in EPA per play over the last month. And first in rush yards, you know, EPA per play over the last month as well. Atlanta's 27th on the season in EPA per rush allowed. I mean, you can dash them on the ground. And then you add in A.J. Terrell, did not practice at all last week before Thursday, dealing with a hamstring injury that we've seen so many guys, Keenan Allen, and all these players miss, I mean, months upon months with this hamstring injury. Even if they do come back, they often re-aggravate it or they're not 100%. So I think not only the running, but we'll finally see a little bit more Chase Claypool. Darnell Mooney and Fields starting to connect a lot. Cole Komet, obviously, you know, a lot of red zone efficiency and all those things. So I just think they're going to score a lot in this game. And Atlanta doesn't throw. They just run the ball, which they should do effectively against Chicago. But long answer short, I think Chicago covers the full field goal there. Um, we kind of foreshadowed this one earlier. Dallas-Minnesota, really big game in the NFC coming up this weekend. Minnesota two-point home underdogs to the Cowboys. Um, I know a few minutes ago you said you still think Dallas by the second-best team behind Philadelphia in the NFC. What do you make of that number? And if you had to pick a side in that game, Dallas in Minnesota, again, the Vikings two-point dogs at 8-1. and one. Yeah, No, it's a little bit of disrespect. There's no question about it. I mean, jo Josh Allen, I think, looked relatively healthy. It was more about poor decision-making. So I don't think you can make that excuse and say, oh, they beat, you know, a less than 100% Josh Allen. He had a couple nice throws in that game. Um, you go on the road and beat Buffalo. That's always going to be a quality win. You know, I just think it's, it's a bit of a matchup thing. You know, Dallas being so stout up front. You know, Washington obviously gave Minnesota trouble. Um, that, that's just kind of where Kirk Cousins can fall apart sometimes. I really liked what, what um, Dallas did against Green Bay, too, is Demarcus Lawrence was rushing from the interior a ton last night. And I think you do the same thing against Minnesota. Kirk Cousins really struggles with interior pressure. So, yeah, I, I just think the way the matchup looks, the spread is, you know, it's, it's fair to question it. I'm not laying Dallas. I actually like Minnesota in a teaser leg, maybe tease them with the 49ers on Monday night, maybe tease them. Oh, now blanket, but uh, maybe Tennessee, tease them up to eight and a half. You know, there's a couple interesting teases, you know, it, it, on the board to, uh, this weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a disrespectful line and maybe Minnesota, you know, feels a little sled, but. I bet they do after the eight and one start to the season. Brad Spielberg, Spielberger, pro football focus. Check out his work. Brad, we'll catch up again next week. That was Brad Spielberg on the getmyphoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit getmyphoenix.com to learn more. We just started doing it. We'll dive more into it. Week 11 lines, our first look. Let's try to have a good week in week 11. We'll dive in next right here on the Beck UL Network.